Hey, we're talking uh, this morning uh, about the top 10 absolutes. This is uh, a couple of days after the election, 2020, November 5th, 2020, a couple of days. This is Thursday. It's uh, about 64 degrees. It's uh, interesting to think about absolutes uh, in America where we have freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom of expression. But God says there are absolutes. Uh, there's right and wrong. And the top 10 absolutes should immediately take you to the Ten Commandments. This is walk and talk number 31. Uh, it's about uh, 635, 645. 40. The sun will come up pretty quick, so it's nice to get out and enjoy the cool weather, walk uh, through my neighborhood, just enjoy seeing the park and just walking around, say, waving at people. Just We have a lot of walkers in our neighborhood, so it's kind of a special time. So here we go, top 10 absolutes. Uh, now you got to understand, these absolutes come from God. They're not from me. They're in Exodus chapter 20. Uh, if you have your Bible, turn there, Exodus chapter 20. If you don't, just listen. Uh, I'm going to start in verse 3. I won't have the time to read every verse, but just the key verses that give the top 10 absolutes. Remember the context of America. Uh, there's no boundaries in America. There's no right or wrong. There's no absolutes. So all of these Ten Commandments stated in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible are stated in the New Testament. Uh, and Jesus reinforces all of them. Uh, so the first absolute is your only God is God. That's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 3, and it says, You shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. So, in other words, love only God. You and I are bound together on earth to just take the opportunity to recognize that you shall have no other gods before you. So your only God is God. Now what that is saying is priority. That's simply saying that, that the priority of your life is only the God of the Bible. Now, that is a clear reference to God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Because when you study the Bible, you find out that the Trinity is what's referred to. You shall have no other gods before me. Me there is God, the God of the Jewish people in the Old Testament. Jesus makes it quite clear that he's God. Uh, so I'm going to encourage you to, to just look around your life and see 
what's your priority in terms of who you worship, who you follow? Who, who gives you your absolutes? Is it God? Every day you get out of bed to have no other gods except the God of the Bible means you're going to focus today on a priority of following what the God of the Bible says. Not what you feel like following, not what you think you should follow. You're going to pick up the Bible and you're going to say, absolute number one, love only the God of the Bible. That means priority. All right. And then the text goes on to say in verse 4, Exodus 24, which is an interesting connection to verse 3, you shall not make for yourself an idol or likeness of what is in heaven uh, above or on earth beneath or in the water under the earth. The text goes on to say that God will punish later generations but favor those who love him and keep his commandments. So number two, the second absolute. No created God. No created God. So think of everything that's been created. That can't be your priority. Whatever man has created, no man-made God. You shall not make for yourself an idol. In other words, a priority. Nothing except the God of the Bible can be your priority. And the text is saying that somehow, if we can make it, create it, that can get our priority. Your priority every day is not what is created by mankind. Now you understand the word created means look around. It can be clothes, it can be cars, it can be uh, houses, it can be uh, anything that you can make. You shall not make, you shall not create for yourself anything. So what is there something in your life that man has created that gets your priority. That's really what's going on. Is there something in your life that gets a priority rather than God? Is there something man-made? Something created by man that consumes you? You see, when the text says to have no other gods, we're talking about priority. Who determines your absolutes? Who determines your values? Is it something created? So does the, the Facebook, does the, the Twitter, does movies, does television, does does a novel, a book, does, is there something that man has created? Is it that, that uh, television series that somehow or another just captivates you? 
So back up every day and understand no created, no man-made God. And look around and say, okay, what's consuming me? What's getting my priority? Today, what's my priority? Well, I got to go to work. Okay. Are you going to be so focused on work that you forget the absolutes of the God of the Bible? If you're so focused on work, consumed by work, if you're so focused on stress, pleasing people, creating some kind of, I'm trying to get people to like me, so I'm going to jump through all these hoops, then you're creating a man-made priority. So when you think of absolutes, think priority. There's only one God who should be your priority. And you shouldn't create anything that takes you off of the priority of honoring God, of worshiping God. So absolute number two, no man-made God. The next absolute is say nothing false about God. So that's in verse 4, Exodus 20, verse 4. Exodus, excuse me, Exodus 20, verse 7. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will punish. Pretty powerful, isn't it? You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will punish. Now, absolute number three, say nothing false about God. So the idea of not taking God's name in vain is not just swearing or cussing and using God's name in a, in a profane way, a vulgar way, or it is literally saying nothing false. So when, you, when you're mad at someone and, and you throw something at them verbally, and you throw in the name of God, that's saying something false. So the third absolute is say nothing false about God. Nothing. You can never lie about God. So that means that you gotta discover who God is. What does he say in the Bible? What is the boundaries of God? his substance, his character, his essence. You have to understand you're not God and the people around you are not God. So is God holy? Well, the answer is yes. Is God the creator? The answer is yes. So you cannot do anything that contradicts that God is the creator or that God is evil in any way. Does God know everything? Well, the Bible says yes. So when you say that God doesn't know what he's doing when he created mankind, that's a lie against God. When you want to violate an absolute that God gave, that's saying or doing something false. You're taking God, his absolutes, and you're turning them into vain. You're turning them into evil. You're mocking God.
So number three, absolute. Say nothing false about God. Number two, no created God. You, you can't make God in your image. And number one, you shall only, you only have one God. And that the only God is God. The fourth absolute, which I think all of us need, I need it, everybody needs it, and that is rest, R-E-S-T, rest, one day a week to worship God because God made it all. Rest one day a week to worship God because God made it all. Now, don't make this complicated. And don't get paranoid, but you got to understand what it's saying. This is an absolute. Roger, you need to take a rest from labor one day a week. You need rest. Your, your body needs to rest. Your mind needs to rest. Now, it's not rest in the sense of just sleeping all day on your Sabbath. It's you're breaking from working six days a week so that you can rest and think about God. You can worship God. So here's absolute number four. Exodus 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. For six days you shall labor and do all your work. But on the seventh day is a Sabbath of the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work. And here's the rationale of the fourth absolute. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them, and he rested on the seventh day. For that reason the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. So the model is, the absolute is, God created everything in six days. That's what the Bible says. And he's turning around and saying, okay, on the seventh day, I quit creating. I quit working. I quit laboring. He says, and he, and he stopped working. And by application, we are to follow what God says. So if God takes a break once a week, he works for six days and then takes a break, a break you need to take a break. <laughs> your body will wear out, your mind, your emotions. You'll get impatient, you'll get uh, hateful, you'll get mean-spirited. So now make sure you understand that the absolutes one, two, three, and four of the top 10, the first four is about you and God in that your God, the only God of the Bible, the only God of mankind, your God, is to be your priority seven days a week. And to, to help you do that, yes, you can work six days a week if you want, but you need to give God one day. Now, one day to rest from work. Now, not, not to rest in the sense that every seven days or one day a week, whenever that day is, I go fishing. No, it is, it is stop 
doing everything. Stop your busyness and make sure that on that Sabbath, you honor me, you worship God. So it's not that every seventh day you get a holiday or a vacation, no. It's every day you just stop. And you stop laboring and you go vertical. You thank God. So the Sabbath historically was a day of worship. I'm not proposing that the 24 hours you come to church on the seventh day. But I am saying that the Bible is filled with commands, don't forsake the assembling together. God creates the first four absolutes for you to focus on him. And if you're working your tail off six days a week and the seventh day you just decide to sleep in and not pick up your Bible, not pray, not come to worship, not study, then your priority is all about you. You've really created you as God. Because that's not what God is saying. On the Sabbath, you rest from labor to honor God. You rest from labor to worship God. Again, not saying that you come to church for 24 hours on the Sabbath. Not saying that at all. I'm just simply saying that a lot of us are not prioritizing this work six days a week and rest to worship God at least on that seventh day. For the Jewish people, Old Testament, that was Saturday, the Sabbat, that was Saturday. And for Jewish people that are Orthodox or religious, it's still Saturday. Jesus steps into mankind. He's the creator of the Sabbath. And he was resurrected on Sunday. So ever since Jesus in the New Testament, Jesus has pointed us to him, so to honor him. We have chosen to use Sunday as a day of worship. Don't be legalistic. If your day of Sabbat is Saturday, that's perfectly fine. If it's Wednesday, that's perfectly fine. The point, I think, of this absolute is work your tail off six days a week. Yes, work your tail off six days a week. But you're going to have to pick one day to rest your bones. You're tired. You're weary. I can't tell you how many people that that the the incoming missiles the the war of stress at work with family the problems of life they just keep mounting and mounting I can't tell you how many people come to me and say am I thinking right am I doing right is is I'm confused, I'm, I'm, I'm weary, I'm tired, I'm frustrated, I'm stressed out. They've lost the ability to see themselves accurately because they've been handling all of the problems of life. So you need a day, what I would call a day of clarity. So this rest, this Sabbath is designed to help you mellow out, 
Yes, you need to sleep on the Sabbath. No work. Find find that that day and, and keep it and make it holy. But remember, you're resting because God said to rest, and you're enjoying the sleep and the nap, and you're in just you're not stressing, you're not but you're also taking time to make sure that Sabbath is a day of worship. So during your Sabbath, your 24 hours, that one day a week, you need to be talking to God. You need to be singing praises to God. You need to be praying to God. You, the Bible says, forsake not the assembling together. You need to be in worship. See, a lot of us have created our own man-made rules. And that's a violation of absolute number two. No man made God. We have literally created our own rules. See, the ten absolutes are the rules from God for you and me to love Him and to live our lives. So, absolute number four, rest one day a week, rest to worship God because God made it all. That's number four. Now, we, we move from a, a, a priority vertically with the first four absolutes. The first four are the first four. They're at the top of the list because your priority needs to be on the God of the Bible. That would be Jesus. Now, the next six absolutes go horizontal. So the priority now is now people to people. How do we get along? How, how do we put up with each other? How do we love each other? What are the absolutes relationally in my family, with my spouse, with my kids, if I'm single, with other people? What's the priority? And now we go to number five. And God, in the top ten priorities, starts off with the number five, right at the top, is respect family. Yep. Respect mom and dad. That's what verse 12 says. Exodus 20, verse 12. Honor your father and mother, so that your days may be prolonged on the land which the Lord your God gives you respect family. This could be one of the more harder or more difficult things to do because family, we're, we're with family all the time and family gets under our skin. I mean, we, we know the pluses and minuses of our family members. But the text is clearly saying that God will bless you if you honor families. And the application here is your father, your mother. Now to honor, to honor means to show respect. That's not to say, please understand, that if a father or a mother is disobeying God, a father or mother is become evil, that you should honor evil. That's not what it's saying. See, the context is the family was created by God. Father, mother, son, daughter, the family was created by God. 
God created the family. The family unit, the family structure, is to be honored. I mean, in today's American culture, think of how we have abused this fifth commandment. Think of the, the dads that have walked away from their families. Think of the moms that have walked away from their families. Think of the dads who have walked away from their, their wife or the, the wife who's walked away from the husband. I mean, to honor, to honor family is a pretty big deal. I want to encourage you to stop and think of how amazing, amazing this absolute is. The family unit is the backbone of society. The family unit is your priority. So when you are dealing with your children, when you're loving them, you got to understand how precious they are to God. Your spouse is precious to God. Honor is just a big deal. Respect. Respect the family. Now notice that it says honor your father and mother. There, there's no room in that commandment for what would be considered transgender. There's, there's no room for that in the text. Father, mother. There's no room in the text for marriage outside of male, female. There's no room there. You see, we have so walked away in our society, our culture, and, and some of you may be saying, well, the God of the Bible is not my God. Well, that's, that's okay that you can say that. But I can also say the same thing because I have freedom of speech and freedom of religion. I can say that the Bible says, honor your father and your mother. See, you can't, you can't change the absolutes. The Bible says that's not what God wants. And it's interesting that the next absolute, the next absolute, number six, is never kill the innocent. So make sure you understand number six, Exodus 20, 13, you shall not murder. So now all of a sudden we go from honoring God to honoring family to killing the innocent. So when the text says you shall not murder, it's talking about intentional killing, negligent killing. Now where's that happening in our society? You can quickly come up with a lot of examples. I can. But when it says you shall not murder, it's saying, Roger, you can never kill the innocent. There is room to defend against the enemy. There's clear room in that absolute and throughout the Bible. But intentionally killing the innocent, negligent killing, I'm just going to be irresponsible and lazy and I'm not going to protect people. You shall not murder is a, a broad apple. Every human being is created by God.
every human being is valuable. Now you got to go back. Who are we? Who are the innocent being killed in America? Who are they? Who are we by negligence killing or intentionally killing? What people groups are they? Well, you can come up with your with a long list and so can I. If I drive my car in an irresponsible way and I know what I'm doing and I take my car and I try to run someone over, that's killing the innocent. And make the application if I decide to go to my neighbor's house and I take a gun and I walk in and they're innocent, they've done nothing wrong, they're not the, the enemy and I kill them, that's wrong. We have to back up every day and say, who are the innocent people in America that we are killing? This could have application to any situation where another human being is murdered for no just cause. And that just cause is from God. It's not from you and me. It's not what do you feel like. It's what does God say. For example, babies, the unborn. You got, you got to go deep and think. You shall not murder any innocent human being, the unborn. How about the children that are born? And we have governors in America who says the mom and the doctor can take the life of that born baby. They, they can murder that baby for whatever reason they choose. The baby's totally innocent. The unborn is innocent. You see, if, if we could just put our arms around this one absolute, wouldn't we all be better? We would all be safe. You shall not kill any innocent human being. Uh, go to the other end of the spectrum. We call it assisted, this assisting of dying for the elderly. We just, we decide because we're, we have the, the capability, we're just going to take the life of elderly people. We're living in a world where we're creating our own rules. And you have to come back to these absolutes and say, what does the scripture say? Take, take yourself now to the next one. The next one says, number seven, you shall not commit adultery. This is literally marriage sex only between husband and wife. That's the context of these absolutes. In other words, sex is reserved only for marriage between husband and wife, father and mother. But you can see real quick how, no, no, uh-uh. Marriage doesn't mean anything. Family doesn't mean anything. I just want to have sex. And what we do is we violate the covenant relationship with our spouse by chasing someone else. Or we just simply say, forget sexual boundaries. This is what any human being does 
when they have sex outside of marriage between a husband and a wife, between that person that you committed your life to, when you go beyond the marriage relationship, that covenant, and you have sex before marriage, during marriage, or after marriage, you have violated the seventh absolute. Marriage, sex, only between husband and wife. Sex was created for marriage. It was not created for you to just be, quote, satisfied with whoever your partner is. That's not what the text says. See, the application is clear. God did not create male and female for sex between male and male, or for sex between female and female, or sex before marriage. Back up every day and say these absolutes are from God and I'm going to commit myself as a priority to following them. Number eight, you shall not steal. So number eight could be easily identified as theft of any kind is wrong. Stealing of any kind is wrong. Theft of any kind is wrong. Now, make sure that you don't quickly jump to the what if. Buy into this absolute. Any kind of thievery, any kind of stealing, any kind of theft is wrong. Roger, what, what do you not understand about that? Anywhere you go, to the store, at work, your neighborhood, any kind of theft, this would, this would lower the crime in America tremendously. If we could just all practice this. Do you, you realize that the Ten Commandments are the basis of the judicial system in America? The Ten Commandments are written all over the Supreme Court. They're, 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 they're standing everywhere, carved in. They're standing because the judicial system that we have is built on the Ten Commandments. If we would just not steal, and that could be applied in so many different ways, we would be better off. Number nine, never give a false statement. Number nine, that's Exodus 20, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. Never make a false statement. Only speak the truth at all times, only in love. Only the truth, never a false statement, Never spin it, only facts at all times. You shall not give a false testimony against your neighbor. Your neighbor is anyone close to you. That could be a family member. It could be someone next door to where you live. It could be a co-worker. It could be someone that you, you run across as you're walking down the street. Your neighbor is anyone in close proximity to you. 
Never lie. Never spin it. Never falsify. I know that we, we, we have a judicial system that wants to spin everything. Be careful. Be careful. When we take our the facts or the truth and we spin it in our bias, we then have violated, we clearly have violated this commandment. Never make a false statement. And then number 10, never desire what belongs to your neighbor. Now that word desire is lust, covet. So number 10 is Exodus 20, verse 17. Roger, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. Now listen to this. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or their male servant or female servant or their ox or their donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Never lust, never desire, and that desire is evil desire, what belongs to your neighbor. And it runs the gamut of things. We would be 100% better if we, we did not get trapped into jealousy or resentment. This, the coveting of what other people have stealing would go down. Everything would be vastly improved if the 10th absolute, the 10th commandment was followed. Well, I want to say thanks for uh, listening uh, to this walk and talk number 33. Uh, today is Thursday, November 5th. I want to encourage you to go back to walk and talk number 32 where I offered an explanation as to why uh, Facebook censored me on walk and talk number 31. So on walk and talk number 31, Facebook censored me as I read scripture and explained what scripture said. And then on walk and talk number 32, I explained why I thought they were doing it. And walk and talk number 33, this one, the top 10 absolutes, you can, you can quickly just listen and say, this is not politically correct in today's culture. This is not reality in America today. In America today, we're all, most people are operating by their own rules. There's no God. If there is a God, they're their God. What's right to them and what's right to you can be totally opposite and it's no longer it's okay to have freedom of religion or freedom of speech freedom of expression it's not right and so there's a warp speed of animosity and censorship I want to encourage you to make sure you're in worship uh, this coming Sunday because I'm going to talk about biased prosecution because that's exactly what they did to Jesus in John chapter 9. So you can hear these, this verse this coming Saturday at 10 o'clock from our Intersect live streaming, or you can come to church on Sunday 
uh, 9.30 and 11 and worship God, uh, honor these absolutes, worship God, listen to scripture explained, uh, which will deal with the, uh, just the, the kangaroo court that was committed against Jesus. An innocent man is crucified because leaders did not like Jesus. They didn't have a reason not to like him except they made up their own rules and they said, you're not God. And if we allow you to keep walking and talking, people are gonna follow Jesus. We can't let that happen because we're gonna lose power. You're gonna see that in the verses this Sunday, 9.30 and 11. I encourage you to, to join us for worship. You'll honor uh, the top 10 commandments. Uh, you can also do this online. Uh, we are very sensitive to COVID. So make sure that you pick up uh, worship at 9.30 or 11 and then online or in person and then 6 p.m. We have another service and we would encourage you to go to come in person or online as well. This is uh, Thanksgiving is approaching. Can I just encourage you if you would want to help other people every Thanksgiving and Christmas we take a special offering in our church to help people who are financially hurting. So can you can you join us um, by maybe making a, a gift to the what we call the benevolence, the deacon fund? If you give a dollar, we'll end up taking that dollar and giving it to a needy family in our church or outside our church. Every, every Christmas, Thanksgiving, we, ch we typically receive a, a cumulative ballpark or around 20000 25,000 and then we give it all to people who have a need we don't uh, we don't throw it away we, we it's a hundred percent helping the needy and everybody has different needs right some of us have finance have medical needs some of us need clothes some of us uh, need help uh, in financial assistance and Maybe just simply food or utilities or rent or we, you've lost a job. If you can give online, uh, you can go to the church website, fbc-tempe.org and find the giving, the donation page and do that through your credit card or your debit card or mail a gift to the church, earmark it, deacon fund. Uh, thank you for uh, listening. I hope the top 10 absolutes are your priority. I hope that you understand that the first four are about you and God, vertical, and then the last six are about you and people, you and relationships with other people. Protect uh, God at all times. Protect your love for God and your love for people. Have a great day. Blessings on you.